0: God is on the move in the epicenter, and the Lord is opening up opportunities for Joel as the tip of the spear for the Joshua Fund Mm -hmm. to meet with these leaders and share the hope that's within
1: him. Do you know the importance of learning about Israel, praying for Israel, going to Israel, and giving for outreaches in Israel? The work of the Joshua Fund is helping to raise up the next generation with the capacity to do even more. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund. And in today's episode, we meet board members Autumn and Larry Ross, and they speak out on everything they love about this ministry, our work, its unique character that makes it unlike any other charitable organization, and how the Joshua Fund is preparing for the future. Here's today's episode.
2: I have got four things that I learned that are very practical. And the first one is to learn about what's going on. And I feel so educated having been here. And then the next thing they ask of us is to pray. And whatever I'm praying for... I ultimately want to give towards if I'm praying about it a lot. And then the last of the four is go. And I think those really sum everything up. What the Joshua Fund is doing is amazing and those four things makes you wanna jump in.
1: (laughs) Jump in. Learn, pray, give, and go. That's right. I love that. I love that. Larry, how about you? By having worked now for nearly
0: 10 years with Joel, helping him on publicity of his best-selling books, Mm -hmm. I've taken several trips uh, to the epicenter, to the Middle East, meeting with leaders with Joel. So my relationship has been more personal, but to take a deep dive into the many tentacles of the Joshua Fund in the epicenter throughout the Middle East was very enlightening to me and encouraging because... Uh, I've been involved in global evangelism for nearly 35 years with evangelist Billy Graham as his personal media spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're equipping and encouraging pastors who are already working there, partnering with them. Yeah. And then uh, most specifically, and this is what I just didn't know, the humanitarian work, uh, over $80 million now yeah. in uh, people with dire need, living at substance level, we learned this morning that the people most at risk or one of the groups at risk are pregnant women because Israel has the highest abortion rate in the world. And they're they're using these abortions as birth control if they can't afford the baby, what have you. And so uh, Joshua Fund's uh, intervention uh, may be saving the lives of some of these kids that might otherwise not make
2: it. As the hands and feet of Jesus, literally.
1: that is, that's. Uh, I love that expression, and when you see it lived out in the staff that we have, and in the volunteers that we work with, and the ministries that we support, you, you really do realize this is what it looks like to be incarnational in ministry—to actually be the hands and feet in Jesus uh, of Jesus in these places. So, and one of the things that we're all cognizant of, it—I've uh,
0: been involved in ministry for more than 45 years. And of course, succession is on everyone's mind at my age. And you go, the next generation, are they going to fill the gap? Hmm. And one of the things I learned from my good friend, Oz Guinness recently, he asked me a question. He said, do you know what Moses, the last thing Moses said to the children of Israel before they entered the promised land the night before? And I didn't. And he said it was the Shema mm. uh, to you know, teach these precepts uh, to your children, wear them on your f- head, and their children's childrens. He said the reason the Jewish uh, people have survived all these years is because of the importance they put on education, training true. up their children in the precepts of the faith. True. And so kudos to Joel and Lynn. They're not only... Um, have founded this ministry, they are creating a succession by raising up the next generation who are going to be taking this far into
1: the future. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, the succession of leadership is one of the greatest uh, reasons that organizations fail. When an organization doesn't have a good succession uh, now, we're not in any way, shape, or form seeing Joel or Lynn. Right? They're just moving into their their the their great season of influence. I think the hand in favor of God is on them in a very unique way. But if you look down the road, if you look down the road 10, 20 years from now, you can see that these young leaders that we have on our, our team, these these people that God is raising up, they're going to be able to take on that mantle of leadership. And
0: And they're
2: in the trenches. They are the hands and feet of Christ Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And they know it from the ground floor all the way up. And it is impressive, the articulate nature of how well they know about this ministry and what the plans are for the future.
1: So true, Autumn. So true. Tell me, what does that mean to you when we talk about the Joshua Fund as a both-and ministry? Well, if I could just say personally,
0: it's very encouraging because our involvement in the Middle East began back in uh, the mid 90s when we had the opportunity to represent the Jordan Tourism Board. Uh, the next door neighbor yep. of Israel, Jordan. And we took about 25 familiarization trips, pastors and media, over to Jordan mm-hmm. and emphasized that it's the rest of the Holy Land. It's where Jesus yep. went on vacations, yep. <laughs> and uh, but it's also the rest of the Holy Land. You have Israel, yep. you have Jordan. And um, so we used to say that you take the pictures home in your camera, mm-hmm. but you take the people home in your heart. Right. And that's true whether you're in Jordan, whether you're in Israel. You know, people go on tours of Israel, and I've anyone hasn't had the opportunity, it makes the Bible come alive. You'll For never sure. see the Bible the it's same. It's the go of learn, pray, give Israel, well, right? It's the fun part. And that's right. Right. <laughs> One of the things that Joshua Fund does is yes. introduces uh, people from the West to to Israel and the, and the truths of the Bible. But in addition to seeing the dead stones, and you know, it's very important to see where Jesus walked. You're dealing with the living stones, the people who are there on the ground, both Mm -hmm. Jewish and Arab. So what's most encouraging to me, having gotten to work with these Muslims um, uh, for so long, um, to now see the other side and the integration and the fact that we're dealing with uh, both and. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is very encouraging. It's unique because there aren't many organizations doing that. And in and out, working inside Israel and the epicenter, but also Uh, educating churches and people outside on how to pray and how to better be informed to equip the church in the epicenter moving
2: forward. And I would venture to say that that's what most strikes us as a couple because we have invested personally in friendships, not only with Jewish friends but with Arab friends and have stayed in their homes and in other countries in this region. And so for us to be able to be a part of something where Christ's love is to all people. Yeah, So it's a great way to be educated about how Jesus loves everyone. Yeah. And when we are able to be one-on-one with them and help them with their need, they will hear about Jesus yeah. and know him.
0: Yeah, If I could just say this to a listener out there who thinks, well, how can you minister both the Jews and... Their- care for the Jews and the Arabs and the Muslims at the same time. I have a Jewish rabbi friend of mine. We were uh, worked together with the Prayer Breakfast, the, the, the International Foundation. He made a statement to me that was transformative in my thinking. He said, the difference between the three Abrahamic faiths, Jews observe the faith of Jesus. He mm-hmm. was a Jew. He was a mm-hmm. rabbi. Right. Uh, Muslims practice faith with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see him as a prophet. And then, of course, we as followers of Jesus, we put our faith in Jesus as the Son of God. No, that's so it's the faith of, with, and in Jesus. But he's the common denominator, yes. not the differentiator. That is great. And so our role as a believer is to help find someone, anyone you meet has an experience. Even an atheist may say, well, I'll, he was a good man. I'll give you that. But he was just a man. Yeah. So whether you see someone as a man, a teacher, prophet, Son of God... John 9, story of healing the, the boy blind from birth. In several verses, he describes Jesus in those four ways. So I've always in my career, my motto has been uh, suit up and show up and let God do the rest. Right. But recently, I've added a third caveat, and that's lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. And I've been so encouraged by the opportunity now, six or seven of these evangelical delegations yeah. to go into the, these uh, uh, Gulf region countries, meet with these Arab leaders, we talk about Jesus. They want to know. They ask about Jesus. And, um, in fact, we met. I don't think I'm talking out of school here because we asked if we could quote him. Mm-hmm. When we met with MBS, uh, the crown, crown prince of Saudi long. Arabia, yeah. I asked um, uh, what message, because I'm a communications man and, and the media, and we had media, radio, television crews represented in our group. What's the message you would like us to take back to the faith community, the 60 million evangelicals in America? In America yeah. Here's what he said. This is MBS, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. He said that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the whole world. And when he co- he's in both of our books. Right. And when he returns, he's coming to judge the whole earth. And we said, Can we quote you on that? He said, Absolutely. <laughs> wow. And, yes. Uh, yes. And so it's been so encouraging to have these conversations. And we closed the meeting uh, in prayer, a pastor in our group in Jesus' name. And um, so uh, God is on the move in the yeah, epicenter, yeah. and uh, the Lord is opening up opportunities for Joel, as the tip of the spear for the Joshua Fund, mm-hmm. um, to meet with these leaders and um, and share the hope that's within him. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we all, all of them are looking and working towards peace, this yeah. elusive concept of peace, whether it's peace among men or peace in our hearts. But we know that that isn't possible
1: without the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Amen, right. amen. You, you know, um, you all have had experiences with uh, some of the most uh, prominent names in evangelical history. <laughs> Dr. Billy Graham, uh, Rick Warren. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a, a dozen of the other leaders that uh, that you've had a chance to to work with on the on the communication side, Larry. And, and I'm just curious for both of you, where would you place Joel and Lynn Rosenberg uh, in terms of... Not not big name, little name, that kind of thing. But in terms of the favor that God has on them for unique things, and obviously there's a lot of different giftings that are out there. But um, just describe that a little bit.
0: Well, I would put him at the top of the list because this isn't something Joel sought. It's not. I, I'll tell you these trips to the Middle East. It came uh, when he went to hear President El Sisi, the president of Egypt, in New York, and um, at the end he wanted to go meet him. And he figured there'd be a long line. Nobody was there, so he just went up and talked to him, and they got to speaking, and no one stopped him, so he kept going. And um, So finally, he said, have you ever met an evangelical? He said, no. Would you like to? Yes. Will you come and bring a delegation with you? And that's how it started. And once uh, we had these meetings with uh, President El-Sisi, we talked about, we thanked him for the work that he's doing and rebuilding churches there that were destroyed by the Muslim Brotherhood and the um, uh, what they're doing to provide safe harbor for other faiths in this majority Muslim nation. And word got out, and some of his fellow friends, the uh, Crown Prince of the UAE of, of yep. Abu, Abu Dhabi called and said, I want to meet with them, and then MBS, and it just snowballed from there. Oh, and so I think that... Um, much like I saw with Billy Graham, I've heard many people would say, well, I can't do that, I'm Billy, not Billy Graham. But what I observe up close and personal with Mr. Graham, God used him not for his ability, as legion as it was, mm-hmm. and uh, his ability to convey the gospel around the world, but he more used him for his availability. Wow. And whether he was sick or whatever, he suited up, and God used him. And I think Joel is the same thing. God is using him for his availability, and uh, he's just uh, being faithful in uh, what God's called him to do. God's yeah. honored that faithfulness, continues to open these doors that have not been available to anyone prior. Mm-hmm. And um, Joel is, like Dr. Graham, just doesn't understand why the Lord picked him. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he, he even said to President of Sisi when he invited him to come, he said, Your Excellency, I, I hope you can realize how disorienting this is for me to have the Ahead, the president of the largest Muslim nation, tell me, a Jewish boy, let my people come. And uh, so he has a good sense of humor about it all. And um, I think Joel takes his work very seriously, but he doesn't take himself seriously. And I think God uh, knows that uh, whatever opportunities come his way, he's going to handle it responsibly and give all of the praise and the glory and the honor to the Lord. And So it's been a privilege to uh, be a friend with Joel these many years, have a front row seat on what God and accompany him to some of these countries, and then see the um, uh, what what God is doing. Some of the the things that in the aftermath on the global stage that are happening as a result of some of these conversations.
2: And on a personal level, I have been so impressed with Joel and Lynn because. They literally left the United States as American citizens and moved their entire family to Israel at great sacrifice when their kids were at an age. I, I grew up on the mission field and I went to the mission field at age 12 and it was hard. It was very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of empathy for the kids and yet they all stuck it out. And now the entire family is, is helping the Joshua Fund and this ministry go where God always wanted it to go and there are great things ahead and if it hadn't been for their their sacrifice as a couple and as a family we wouldn't be sitting here today and who knows what wouldn't have happened
1: hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free
3: You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: The verse of the day today is found in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 20. Israel, you are my dearest child the one I love best. Whenever I mention your name, I think of you with love. My heart goes out to you. I will be merciful. And our prayer requests today are to pray for the people in the epicenter that every outreach effort of the Joshua Fund will yield great results. And second, to pray that more people worldwide will be willing to support Israel to pray, to give, and to go to Israel. Autumn, I couldn't agree more, and and I would love for people to get your perspective as well. You have several ministries, and uh, some of them are really quite unique. You do some really unique things, and I have a question. Describe some of your ministries, and then I have a question for you.
2: Well, at the age of 54, I'm the mother of three boys, and boys leave and cleave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh,
2: girls call their mamas. So I realized that I needed to pour my life into some new things. And God placed a ministry in my life to fight trafficking and raise awareness for women and children that are trafficked in third world country, so I'm involved with the Freedom Challenge, and we do that by climbing mountains and doing climbs, so I've climbed Kilimanjaro and across the Himalayas to Everest Base Camp and 100 miles across the Alps and across the Salkantay Trail in the Andes and and on and on. And I want to go
1: with you. I know, it's so much fun,
2: (laughs) and it's just been amazing to me as an older woman that whatever you put your mind to, you can do. Mm. It's not too late to Mm. jump in and give your life a Way wow. for the work of God in, in all different flavors sure. and doing it in a way that fits your personality.
1: So uh, that is so good. And so with that passion and background, when you see the work that the Joshua Fund is doing in, in this uh, epicenter region with uh, some of these uh, communities that we heard about today, what, what does your heart tell you? What do you get from all of that?
2: Well, I love that th- those four calls. You know, some of us can only learn and maybe pray. hmm some of us, a lot of us, can give. Mm-hmm. And then there are, there are times when the best thing we can do is go. And so to, just to recount those again, I would say that people that feel called to go should go <laughs> and jump in and, right. and volunteer, call, right. ask you know, how you can be of help. Yes. And give yourself away, yes. because if we just stay home and watch television or watch what other people are doing or, or scroll on our phone, we're missing out on real yeah. life yeah. and connection one-on-one with others. And yeah. people around the world are hungry just to be with an American. It's true. Uh, and so we have a lot to offer.
1: It's true. It's really true.
0: And yet what we're seeing with these trips, these evangelical delegations, some of the things that Joel is involved in, the Abraham Accords and uh, these discussions of peace and then the Abraham Accords come about. Maybe what I realize now is what we see in his writing on the literary side is also happening spiritually through the Joshua mm-hmm. Fund. And there's a prophetic aspect to this ministry, even though you don't position it as such. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that just shows uh, the favor of God on the, on the Rosenbergs and their faithfulness and um, the special place uh, that uh, this ministry has in um, you know, what's happening in the epicenter that is really is ground zero for affecting the rest of the
1: world. Yeah. Well, I'd love talking to you guys. This is really so it's inspiring and it's encouraging, and uh, I think you just nailed it. I think you just totally nailed exactly where the Heart of the Joshua Fund is. So, uh, Autumn, Larry, thank you guys so much for um, just talking and chatting on this way. So thanks for for being friends. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thank you for joining us to discover more about the Joshua Funds humanitarian work in Israel and how it enables donors to learn, pray, give, and go to Israel. If you've found this podcast valuable, please get in touch with us. Let us know who you are. Are you someone who's searching for Jesus? you'll find him here. Do you have a question you want Joel to answer? Go to joshuafund.com and click on Contact Us. Your feedback is incredibly valuable to us as we develop this podcast. And as always, you can check out our show notes for anything you heard on this program that you'd like more information on. For Joel Rosenberg and the entire Joshua Fund ministry team, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter.
3: Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, founder and chairman of the Joshua Fund. And I've got exciting news. In 2023, I'm inviting you... On behalf of our entire board and staff to come to the Holy Land, to come to Israel on the next prayer and vision tour. This is the 75th anniversary of the prophetic rebirth of the modern state of Israel back in 1948. And what is God doing here? It's amazing, spiritually, economically, in so many ways. There's been so much growth, so much progress, but the best is yet to come. And we want you to see it. We want you to walk where Jesus walked We want you to see where the apostles ministered. We want you to see where people's lives were transformed by the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We want you to see this city where Jesus died and rose again and where he's coming back, I hope soon. But in the meantime, come to Israel with the Joshua Fund. You can learn more about the trip, the itinerary, the cost, all the details at joshuafund.com. But sign up quickly because I think this thing is going to fill up fast the prayer and vision tour of Israel in the fall of 2023. I hope to see you there.